Hello, good afternoon. It's Tuesday, the 1st of October, 2019. This is episode 118. Just a quick reminder, if you're a fan of this podcast, please don't forget to continue leaving wonderful reviews and five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, where I do still maintain a solid 5.0, so thank you very much for that. And I do have a Patreon page, which is now live, so if you'd like to be a supporter, you can head on over for a chance to be a guest on this podcast. You can also be a guest on a future video edition of a podcast episode, and even get full produced by credits. So head on over to patreon.com slash autonomoushogue. Speaking of which, don't forget to follow me on all social media at Autonomous Hogue. And today would be a good day because, as you'll see in a moment, you're definitely going to want to see what I've shared on my Instagram and YouTube pages. Do check it out. Here's a hint. It involves a Tesla. And so today, I try Enhanced Summon. A company tries to bring forward-looking infrared to autonomous cars, and I complain about a survey. All this, right now. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Right, well, to kick things off today, we do need to have a chat about Tesla's software version 10 with Enhanced Summon, which obviously we discussed last Friday at episode 117. But today, I'm happy to share with you that uh, I did get a chance to try it for myself. I actually had the opportunity to take it for a test drive. Well, I say test drive. Obviously, I wasn't driving it. That's the whole point. Uh, In any event, yeah, I I had a Tesla Model 3 uh, for the afternoon. Ended up up in uh, near Santa Rosa, California at a wonderful winery called St. Francis Winery. Do check it out. Beautiful place. Pretty good wine. And so, well, there was a parking lot. There was the Tesla. So I had to go at it. And, well, it worked-ish. I mean, it did work. It, it did pull out of the parking spot. It did come to me. Um, it was pretty slow. All right, it was actually very slow. And if ever there was an example of a thing which is able to do something and versus being capable of doing it, well, this is surely it. Uh, as I think I commented, uh, and you can see it in the video, which, of course, I shared on my Instagram and YouTube pages, uh, and I think on Facebook, too. Um, if I were a cop standing around and I saw this thing, I would think for sure somebody had a little bit too many wine tastings at the winery that day. Here's the thing. It, it, it is a novelty, and we addressed this in the previous episode, and I really stand by what I said. It's a novelty, and it's cool, and it's going to get people to look and to talk and to undoubtedly make fun of it. And that's all right, because, yeah, it's a brand new thing. And I'm sure if, like me, you've been checking the Twitterverse and YouTube and just about everywhere else, you've seen countless videos already of effectively catastrophic uh, test drives of the new Enhanced Summon. I do think there was only 
one confirmed actual collision, though, if I'm not mistaken. But all of this misses the point, because again, as I said last time, what really matters about this is sort of the normalization of an autonomous future, the normalization of effectively a self-driving car, the normalization of seeing a car driving through a parking lot with nobody at the wheel, just seeing the wheel turning miraculously, magically on its own, as if by witchcraft, as if, well, you know, by a mind of its own, as it were. And it's important for some step change in technology, especially one which is going to bring with it such a step change in society, to have a gradual normalization process. That's really the best word I can think of. And because Tesla Model 3s are in so many people's hands, because they're in so many places, this will enable it to sort of go down that gradient from sort of really bizarre, scary novelty to kind of -of run-of-the-mill, everyday thing. Never mind that it's slow, that it's uncertain, that it kind of paces forward, inching, crawling with the uncertainty of a drunken snail. It worked. It did actually work. And don't just take me at my word. Head on over to my Instagram page, at Autonomous Hogue, or on YouTube, where you you can see the results and um, see how it did. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I want to talk about a company that I've never actually heard of before, and it sounds like they've been around for a little while, at least a couple of years here. They kind of made a name for themselves uh, at the 2018 CES event in Las Vegas. Turns out they're developing a bit of sensor kit that's a bit different to everybody else's. It's neither LiDAR nor radar nor computer vision. Um... Before I tell you what it is, if you haven't heard of it, or if you have heard of it yet, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, if you haven't, yeah, before I tell you what it is, I'm very, very surprised because knowing what I do about this particular particular technology, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm actually kind of surprised in two different ways. On the one hand, I'm surprised because I didn't think it would be quite suitable for autonomous vehicle applications. On the other hand, I can totally see it the other point of view, which is I'm very surprised it hasn't been used yet because it has been used for consumer applications for quite some time now. And that technology is none other than infrared or specifically far infrared. So when I say far infrared, what I mean is just picture the sort of predator type infrared vision that you get that you've seen in the movies, um, which is literally just picking up heat signatures, right? So the idea here is that Atasky is using far infrared sensors to basically ensure that they can detect anything in front of the car that has at least some heat signature and it's not anywhere near as susceptible to any other sort of interference that would otherwise blind or render completely utterly useless. Um, you know, uh, for example, LiDAR can't see through rain very well. 
Uh, radar obviously is pretty low resolution. The short range sensors, ultrasonic sensors, are well very short range. And of course, computer vision has its fair share of limitations as well. This was all highlighted, obviously, back in uh, tw- early 2018 when Uber had its accident in Arizona and obviously struck and tragically killed a pedestrian. Yeah, we've had several other, you know, deaths and certainly injuries caused, well, certainly by Teslas, uh, never mind all the human-caused deaths in the meantime. But so so what's what's interesting about what Adasky are doing, though, is that with this new far-infrared sensor, the idea is that they can kind of circumvent all the existing issues and the shortcomings of existing technology. Now, uh, I'm assuming, and it's not clear to me right now, but my assumption is obviously that this is being, they're going to be incorporating this infrared technology with existing sensor suites. So it's going to effectively work together with the LiDAR kit and any cameras and radar they have. And, And this kind of goes to the point that I was alluding to earlier, why I'm a little surprised that this hasn't been used yet. Uh, well, actually, before I get to that, here's why I'm surprised it is being used, because my understanding, my assumption of uh, far infrared was that it might be a bit laggy, or at least a bit uh, not sufficiently high resolution. I certainly know that if you want to buy any of the home kits for use, that you know, say that you can plug into your iPhone, I think there's one actually by the company FLIR, F-L-I-R, forward-looking infrared. You can buy this little device, plugs into your phone. It works just fine. I've actually wanted to get one for quite some time, if only just for fun. Um, it's a bit pricey, um, but pretty cool. But it is pretty low resolution. So my concern was that the resolution, as well as the, frankly, the refresh rate, would be perhaps unsuitable to the, you know, the, the long distances and the the um, the velocities at which autonomous cars are typically traveling, right? And so that was my concern. Thinking about this out loud, though, obviously. If indeed the idea is simply to ensure that you never miss, say, a person or that you don't confuse, say, a baby for a traffic cone on the road, well, this is a pretty good way to ensure that, right? Because being infrared means that you're always going to see anything producing heat, which means you're always going to see things like, well, a baby in the road, a pedestrian, uh, and frankly, any other automobile. Right, so if you're in really pea soup thick fog, or as we get here in California, so-called tule fog, which really truly is bad to the point of being not just dangerous but really scary, your visibility is limited to like the hood of your car. Um, so if you've got this infrared vision technology, and if indeed it can still detect well life forms or other vehicles due to their heat signature. By all means, bring it on. This seems like like a no-brainer. And indeed, to my point that I was about to mention earlier, yeah, on the flip side, it's a little surprising this hasn't been used yet because we have had consumer applications of forward-looking infrared for quite some time. So Mercedes, BMW, um, who else had this? I think GM did this for a while. You could check one of the little option boxes when building your car, and you'd have night vision right there on your center display where your sat nav would ordinarily go now you'd get a nice beautiful not so beautiful grayscale image showing what the forward-looking infrared camera can see and so this was sort of the the you know this was being marketed as night mode which is a weird thing because it was really frankly more of a distraction than anything else i did have the chance to try it one time 
And it would have been one thing if it was superimposed on your windshield, say, with some really nice big heads-up display of sorts. But no, it was actually displayed, as I say, kind of on the center console where your GPS map would be. And that just meant that in order to take any advantage out of the thing, you'd have to kind of take your eyes off the road and look at that screen, which on the one hand, okay, well, if you're in, you know, super thick fog, at least you're able to see something. On the other hand, it means that you got to take your eyes off the road. Now, obviously, I think that was indeed more of the gimmick. The real value, I guess, was the fact that because of that forward-looking infrared, the car would be able to notify you, oh, hey, maybe actually slam on the brakes as a pedestrian, or in the event that you didn't, it would slam on the brakes for you. I think that display was really just a gimmick just to remind you, hey, look, you've got night vision, and this is cool, and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, I... I um. Yeah, I'm as I say, I'm quite pleasantly surprised to hear about this. I would very much encourage anybody who knows Ada Sky or if anybody at a Sky is listening, please do reach out to me. I would really love to have you guys on the show and learn a bit more what you're up to and frankly to verify or dispute what I've suggested was that indeed you're going to be kind of bundling this infrared camera tech with existing sensor suite like lidar and computer vision and kind of consolidating all that data together in one data feed. Um, but yeah, if anyone has any connections there, please do reach out. Let me know. It'd be great to chat with you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So to wrap things up today, I want to talk a bit about, um, there was an article that I saw. It was titled something like, I guess there was some survey and I'm, the reason I'm being ambiguous about this is because I haven't dived in to kind of validate the legitimacy of the survey, the data points, et cetera. But it's worth discussing because the the title is something like, um, I, I guess how most people believe that self-driving cars will be better than human drivers by the end of the decade, <clears throat> the end of the, the next decade. So by the end of 2020s, uh, yeah, autonomous cars will be better than human drivers. Again, I'm not even going to get into the data and the, and the, the way they went about all this, um, if it's even reputable or not. Uh, I don't really care. What I think really matters, actually, let me just give you the number, right? So apparently 71% of consumers do believe that autonomous cars will be better at driving than humans and will surpass humans' abilities within 10 years. Um, Look, here's the thing. I don't really care. Like, I actually don't care about such surveys and and such data because, frankly, it's missing the point entirely. In 2029... Self-driving cars are not going to be driving on all of our roads, intermingling with human-driven cars. They're just not. Or if they are, one of two things has happened. There's been some massive, extraordinary, extraordinary breakthrough between now and then, which has enabled this to occur technologically, not to mention with respect to regulation. Um, Or everyone's been completely wrong. And the point that I'm making is, and this goes back to what I've said quite a few times, which is the initial deployment of, and I say initial, for the foreseeable future, really, for the next several decades, the initial deployment is going to be a gradual deployment of autonomous cars in very tightly geofenced areas. They will just be deployed as and regulated as 
virtual trains. So to say that an autonomous car will drive itself better than a human-driven car by 2029, that's just a silly thing to say. Because an autonomous car being deployed in a tightly geofenced area on a certain dedicated road or even a dedicated lane, of course it's safer. It's not driving like a human-driven car, not only in terms of its driving style, but in terms of where it drives. So of course it's going to be safer. If you take an autonomous car and isolate it in the middle of some desert or a parking lot, that's going to be safer even right now, today, than a human-driven car, statistically, on net, right? So it's just kind of a silly claim. It's a kind of a totally irrelevant point, really. Um, and furthermore, it misses two other points, right? Which is that, that, first of all, truly autonomous cars, meaning those defined as level four and level five, but not levels one, two, and three, these won't even be available for, for humans to own and to drive or to not drive, as it were. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not going to be the case that people are going to own those. They're just going to kind of get in them and roll away. And there's just going to be an extension to your home or an extension to your office. It's going to be a mobile hotel on wheels, right? So to me, what would be more interesting really is a discussion about <clears throat> the perceived safety of, of semi-autonomous cars. So levels, say level three, right? So once Tesla, for example, reaches level three, these are things that people are going to own or at least car share through the Tesla network, right? And these are going to be driven everywhere and mingling with human-driven cars. Um, but up to and before they reach that point of level four, they are still very much <clears throat> regular vehicles, but with extremely high levels of semi-autonomy, which are really just fancier iterations of existing ADAS capabilities. Uh, so automated driver assistance systems, right? So emergency braking, lane keep assist, adaptive cruise control, and that kind of thing. Um, so so I think, I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is I, I think that it's a, it's just sort of a pointless discussion whether autonomous cars will be safety. I think a much more meaningful way to couch such surveys and a much more meaningful thing to discuss, a more meaningful future to consider is not whether some autonomous car generally will be safer than a human-driven car, because of course it will. That's the whole point. <clears throat> and I get it. This survey was the public's perception, whether the public perceives, believes that autonomous cars will indeed be safer. I think what's more important is to consider, will autonomous cars be safer at getting from A to B on their dedicated lanes and dedicated roads as they will surely be restricted for the next several decades? Will they be safer? Will they be more efficient, more affordable? Will they be easier? Will they make everyone's lives better? Will you be happier? Will your stress drop off at the end of the day? Will you be less stressful when you get to work? Will your kids be safer getting from your home to their school? Will, will autonomous cars on those dedicated lanes and, and roads and boulevards and whatever, will they make life better, cheaper, faster, more efficient for everybody all around? That's really the question that should be asked. Sure, I think that 40, 50 years from now, once we have true level five cars driving everywhere, not geo-restricted, and indeed mingling with the last remnants of human-driven cars on the roads until those get slowly regulated out of existence, then yeah, then I think it's a much more meaningful discussion to say, hey, yeah, are these level five cars actually still 
you know, are they actually safer than human-driven cars? The answer will, of course, be yes. But for the, but for the time being, it's just a, it just doesn't make sense to ask that question because level four cars will be deployed on limited lanes and limited roads and cities and freeways around the world. And so to compare them to human-driven cars insofar as whether they're safer, it's just a, it's an inaccurate metric. I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking this or maybe I'm missing some point entirely. I just think the survey question of whether people think autonomous cars will eventually be safer than human-driven cars, although the results here came out quite comfortably higher than I would have expected, I just think it's missing the point entirely and doesn't really matter. That's all. All right, well, that is a wrap for today. So until next time, that'll be on Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye-bye.